0: Those of you who were here last Sunday and the pastor announced I'd be speaking this morning, I'm sorry you forgot and came back. And for those of you who weren't here last Sunday and showed up today, surprise! So, uh pastor is out of town, he's on his way back, don't panic. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to jump right in this morning. Appreciate each of you being here. Uh, it's only been about four and a half months since I preached, uh, two, two and a half hours ought to get it in. Uh, I know we got a baby shower at one, but uh, no, I'll be quick. This book right here, I want you to stand for just a minute. Don't open your Bible. Don't open your tablet and don't look on your phone. But I want you to read the verse that I'm going to use as my text this morning. And I want us to read it together. Don't panic, you know it. Would you read with me John 3.16? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, you can be seated. The Scriptures teach us clearly why Christ came. Now, in our Western culture, our Western Christianity, we add so many tags to it that we often forget that Christ came to die for our sins. And lest you wonder who that's talking about, based on how good you are, it's talking about you. It's talking about me. Because it's quite simple. The Scripture says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody in this place, it doesn't matter how you were raised, doesn't matter how moral that you are, how many boxes you check, how many good deeds you do, you still fall short. Because what we lose sight of is the standard that we have to judge ourselves by is not a denomination, it's not a pastor, it's not a person... It's the Lord. And when you can do what Jesus does, then you don't have to listen to stuff like this. But until you can do what Jesus did and does, then we still need to keep our focus on Him and be reminded of why He came. Now, Jesus came for the whole world. Now... I'm probably going to say a few things, probably several, that will maybe mess with theology a little bit, but hey, I'm only here for today. I'll be back in the pew next week. Uh Okay, maybe I'll be back in the pew. I don't know. But uh, uh I want you to understand, Christ died for the world. Okay, your sins were not dealt with when you prayed a prayer. They were dealt with on the cross. And I don't think we can... Capture in our mind how powerful that really is. See, you're never going to commit a sin that surprises God. Now, I know folks like me and Russell, we put that to the test. But God is never surprised at what you do. Now, your wife may be, your parents may be, your husband may be, your boss may be, but you're never going to do anything that catches God off guard and cause him to have to look up in a book whether or not that was covered by the blood. And there's none of you here, I don't care how long you've been saved, how long you've been born again, how long you've been a Christian, whatever tag you put on it, there's none of you here today that we can't turn a spotlight on and still find some work needs done. Amen. So let's get out of our mind that uh, just because we're in church today, we got a Bible under our arm or in our lap, and we put on our Sunday best and we lifted our hands during the singing, get out of your mind that you're better than everybody else that ain't here. Because you're not. We're not. We're just blessed to have the knowledge this is a good place to be. And it is a good place to be. I love going to church. Me and Millie love going to church. She's the only one, amen. I, I, we love to go, why? Because we have fellowship, we have praise and worship, we have good music, we see our friends, we're around positive influences, and we're and we're reminded of Jesus. There's no bad reason, or no reason not to come to church. But our lives are more than just coming to church. I get thirsty. God asked me, was this big enough? No, I got two. I've told you before, a long time, but it's been a long time since I even preached here. It's been a year, actually. but I did an interim at Bain Chapels where I met this family Madison and her mom and the man she married and uh, her brother. And on Sunday morning, when I preached my first sermon, I said, How long I preach is based on how much water I have. That night I come in, he put a little Dixie cup of water up there. So, that didn't work. It's important, folks, as a church, that we remember that we're all just dirt walking around with clothes on. As much as the TV preachers won't tell you you're special. As much as your favorite author wants to tell you that God just gets tickled pink when you wake up in the morning, you are still the created, and He is the creator. And there's only one God, and one Lord and Savior, and that's not any of us. Now several years ago, you may have heard this phrase, several years ago, Billy Graham, many years ago, uh, depending on how old you are, but... Billy Graham made popular a phrase. I don't know if he came up with it, but it was a phrase that he made popular and what he said was the ground is level beneath the cross. The ground is level beneath the cross. And by that we understand that salvation's available for everybody. Salvation's available today for the Gentile and the Jew. For the black and the white. For the rich and the poor, for the bald and you folks with hair. Salvation is available to all of us. Not based on your education. It's not based on your job. It's not based on your checkbook. It's not based on your tax return. It's not based on your political preference. It's based on the grace and the love of God. And the Bible says that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for the uh, uh, uh for the Muslims. He died for the Hindu. He died for those who worship Buddha. And believe it or not, he even died for the Pentecostals. Christ died for all. And when He said, It is finished, He meant sin had been dealt with and conquered. And our job is to make people aware that their sins were atoned for on the cross. But we get away from that sometimes. And the ground is level beneath the cross. And everybody here today, you came into your Christian experience The same way. Now, you may not have went to an altar. You may be like me. I fell out of my bed on my knees one night under conviction the month before I turned 18. So that was probably 10 or 12 years ago. And I called on the Lord. Or maybe you came to an altar. Or maybe you were in a repent revival. Or maybe you were at a gospel singing. Or maybe you were riding down the road in your car. I had a friend one time who was bad on drugs, really bad, by his testimony. I didn't know him at the time this happened. But he was coming down 460 on that four lane there, uh, uh, back when it used to come into two lanes out there in Green Valley. And he was doing a 100 mile an hour, highs of he could possibly be on whatever drug he was taking, and his legs locked and he couldn't let his foot off the accelerator. And he kept going faster and faster. And finally he screamed out, God help me and God helped him and delivered him right there from everything that was wrong in his life. And he later became a preacher and is pastoring today somewhere. Now you may not have had that experience and everybody don't. And the worst thing you can do is want somebody else's experience. Go ahead and take what you've got because it brought you here. It brought you following him. So the ground is level beneath the cross and, and we can all get there and we can all, we've all been there and we rejoice in that. And it's what draws us through our week and brings us back here on Sunday morning is that we found Forgiveness and acceptance at the foot of the cross. Anybody else get saved any other way? Anybody else here get saved because your mom and dad wrote a thousand dollars check to a televangelist? No. Souls aren't for sale. They were bought with the blood of Jesus and He don't have them on the resale list. You belong to Him. The Bible says we've been bought with the price, but that's His blood. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. And we all agree with these things. We all understand these things. That we've all had the same opportunity to be here today. To know the Lord. To be a Christian. To be a believer. To be walking in faith. We've all had that same opportunity. The ground is level beneath the cross. But the path To get to the cross is not the same for everybody. Now we read John 3.16 Everybody of the exception of Brother Paul Pharaoh over here a lot of you may know Paul. He actually married my sister and her late husband. But everybody about Paul, Paul's not included. Can you Quote me the next verse. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That completes John 3.16. We should never quote John 3.16 without John 3.17. The guy who used to write John 316 on his chest during the NFL football games should have had 316 comma 17. Because it's not complete till we understand the purpose of Christ was not to bring condemnation into the world. Because we are already condemned. Being under the curse of sin. No, no more condemnation. If you go about talking about a murderer, you don't make Him anymore a murderer. He's already under that condemnation. And we are all under that condemnation of being lost, of being sinners who have fell short of the glory of God. Sinners who need a cross. I'm so grateful for the cross. I'm so grateful for what it says, but I'm grateful for the empty tomb. And I'm grateful for the ascension. Because now I look for Him to return. And when He does, on His timetable, then everything's going to be consummated. Redemption's going to be complete. But until then, we battle our flesh. I had a lady tell me one time she was perfect. And she come from a very strict religion. And her perfection was based on the fact she wore no makeup. She had long hair, wore only dresses, and long sleeves, and no jewelry. She said perfect, I said homely. (laughs) But I didn't say it out loud. Perfection doesn't come from that. If you can do it, folks, it's not holiness. If you can do it, I need to say that again. It's not holiness. Holiness is a work of the Holy Spirit, not decisions you make to quit drinking, chewing, cussing, and kicking cats. That has nothing to do with it. Holiness comes from a purifying, cleansing work performed by our triune God. It did not come any other way. Just because you quit doing something and start doing something else. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. How time is it? Y'all got to listen quicker. <laughs> I got ahead of myself and then I forgot where I was. I got so far out there I can't see where I'm at, so... Let's talk about condemnation for just a second. Until yesterday morning, I had another message. And that message was going to be on the Logos. Jesus is the Logos. He's the Word of God. He is the divine reason. Jesus is the fullness of God, the Bible says, in bodily form. Jesus is the author of Scripture. All things created by Him, for Him. We can't wrap our minds around it. I don't, don't try because you can't comprehend the vastness of God. You can't understand the Trinity. We just say we believe in the Trinity, but you're never going to explain it accurately. Because it's beyond human comprehension. But Jesus being the Word, they brought a woman caught in the act of adultery out to Him. And they said, Master, Moses said in the law that a woman caught in the act of adultery, she needs to be stoned to death. What do you say? Well, what they didn't realize was the one who wrote, who inspired that very word they were quoting was standing before them. They were talking to Jesus about what Jesus had already said in His pre-human existence. Because He's the Logos, He's the Word, He's the divine expression of God. What did Jesus say? He didn't deny the Scripture said that. But He showed us that there's a greater level than literal interpretation. There's a greater achievement He wants us to rise to. And that's one of mercy. And the Scripture says He prefers mercy over judgment. He had every right to throw the first stone. But rather than do that, He said, those among you, you throw the first stone, then we'll talk about it. Well, they all knew they were guilty of something. And one by one, they dropped their stones and left. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? Does anybody condemn you? He said, no one, Lord. And He said, what? Neither do I condemn you. Why? Because He didn't come into the world to condemn sinners. He came to save them. So let me ask you, why have we grown to a church in many aspects of how we live our lives that we offer condemnation to those that are different to us? How have we gotten here? Now I'm not saying voice of praise. When I say the church, I mean globally. Watch Facebook. I can't. About 30 seconds is all I can stand. On Millie's page. Because, man, I that word comment just starts blinking to me. And I want to comment about all this foolish, ignorant ideas people have of God. So I don't go on there. Oh, man, I would have no friends. I would be talking to myself because I would be blocked from here to Thailand. Because God's not who you want Him to be. God is who He is. And your Christianity is not defined by how many people you discover that you think live less or below your level. How many times in our life have people walked into our church with, Pink hair earrings, holes in their ears. I now that I don't understand that one. I've seen people with their earlobes stretched so far they got a hoop in a dog could jump through. But are they welcome among us? The path to get to where you are today is not as easy for some as it's been for others. And you know why a lot of people don't come to church today? It's because they feel the condemnation when they do. Whether it's never spoken, whether it's ever spoken, or nobody ever says anything because you can feel it. When somebody comes in different than we are to the point that we begin to evaluate them and say, how in the world... Can they do that and be a Christian? You ever heard that? You ever said that? Yes, we have. We all have. Because for some reason, Christians, we've reached a point to where we feel better about ourselves when we find other people we think aren't on our level. Well, at least at least my kids uh, don't do drugs. I mean, they may be robbing liquor stores, but at least they don't do drugs. That's the kind of things we say. Because we want to feel better about who we are. And sometimes the only way we can do that is to find people we think ain't as good as we are. I want to use Heath for an example. This is not going to be bad. I love this young man. I love him mainly because he's good to Madison. And if he was never good to Madison, I wouldn't love him anymore. I would hurt him but no i do i do love heath uh from the moment we met on their wedding day i didn't meet him till the day they got married but uh, but uh, i've known heath in a sense because i knew his dad and mom i knew his grandfather bobby hall i knew what stock he came from so I wasn't surprised to find that he was in church, active, and I certainly wasn't surprised that Madison found herself attracted to him because he's a young man that loves God. And I'm not saying Heath has never had struggles. I'm sure he has. That Heath has never had battles. But Heath did not have a difficult path to get to the cross. Why? Because he had parents and family to show him that path. So it's not surprising that Heath and Chase and Whitney, and it's something that we would all want our children to be in church, in ministry, and they are certainly an encouragement to all of us, but it's not surprising that because Pam didn't have a difficult time finding the cross because of a godly mother and a godly father, and others in their lives. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's it's not difficult. It's not a difficult path for some people, even though they may fight it, and even though they may never follow it, he can never stand up and testify, saying that my family blocked me from getting to the cross. You follow what I'm saying? But there are people out there today that don't have godly parents. Or people out there today... That don't have godly examples. And all they see and feel sometimes are the red hot eyes of the church or of Christian people measuring them up and down wondering, well I could never walk around with holes in my ear and be a Christian. Well, I could never tattoo my whole body and think I'm a Christian. We say things like that. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know you say things like that. Why? Because I've said them. As much as I love God, I've looked at people before and said, I don't think I could do that and be a Christian. Well, it ain't up to me. I'm not on their journey. I haven't dealt with what they've dealt with. I haven't had, now I, I wasn't raised in church. Sherry started going very young and, and I went with her to her church a few times, but mainly I didn't start going to church. Till I met Millie and her mom made me. She said, you're not going to date Millie on Saturday night if you're not in church on Sunday morning. And her name was Grace. So I always told her, I said, I know what Paul meant when he said, By grace you're saved. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. She said, No. You're not going to sleep in on Sunday morning working six days a week. Sunday's on day I had to sleep. You ever heard that story? Well, that's fine. Sleep in, but you're not dating on Saturday night. And I sort of liked that dating. So I started going to church not because I wanted to discover the Lord. I wanted to be with Millie. But guess who showed up when I got to church? The Lord revealed Himself. I've been hooked ever since. That was relatively easy. But I've met people who's on their path and it's not easy for them to get to the cross. And I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't. I don't want to say to people, "How can you do that and be a Christian?" When I was at, I don't know if Russell will remember this, but when I was at Bain Chapel filling in, I just made a simple comment one night, trying to make a point that there are Christian Democrats, and I found out right quick they're not. They're not any. There's a there's a lady spoke up in the church. She said, "No, they're not." I was just trying. I wasn't trying to start an argument. I was just trying to make a point. Hey, there are saved Democrats. Now you may not understand how they can be, but there's there's at least two. The no, no, there are some. Discuss. <laughs> You haven't met any? Don't. No, seriously. But she did. She took offense to it. She said, no, with abortion, you can't be a Christian and be a Democrat. So what she said. And that was about one of two times in my life I was sort of speechless. I couldn't get that can of worms back closed. So I had to wade through it a little bit and move on. But there are... There are Christians, people who believe in God, in every walks of life. They may not have had your journey. There are people out there today that are hurting. There are people out there today who are in abusive relationships. There are people out there today their faith is not supported. There are people out there today that go through so, that are going through so many things, and I'm going to go a step further. I would bet you there are people in this place this morning that you are keeping secrets about yourself because you're afraid somebody will judge you for what your struggle is. That somebody will ju- judge you in the church, somebody will give you the up and down or the, because of what you're going through. Shouldn't be that way shouldn't be that way. Now, hey, I'm at total liberty to talk like this because I'll tell you, you know, I open my mouth nine times out of ten, something funny comes out. I can't help it. I've always been that way. I, I Even at an evangelist one time, I said, please pray for me. Pray for me that I'll, I'll not have to be funny all the time. And he said, young man, he said, if God gave you a sense of humor, You need to appreciate it. There's enough dried-up, sour people in the world already. If you can make people laugh, make them laugh. So it's his his fault. But behind the humor, there are things that we've been through, and most of you know our story, things that we've been through that... uh, if you saw me in the mornings when I go sit in my office and stare out a window at nothing, literally nothing, and I battle the depression, you would probably say, well, how can he get up there and preach and be like that? Or you would see the things... Self esteem. See when you lose your children and you visit their graves, you you have a whole new lease on life. You that changes you. And you don't get over it. But you have to get through it. You want to quit? Well, no, I don't want to quit. But I'm not afraid to tell you I'm a mess. What you see here, and I'm going to bring another message into it, i got eight more minutes. What you see before you today is a hypocrite. That preacher admitted he, they done shut down Facebook and it's now it's booming. N.R. Taylor had a hypocrite preach at church. No, you know what a hypocrite is? It's not what we think it is. A hypocrite 2,000 years ago was a person that did stage acting with a mask on. And they were called hypocrites because nobody knew who the person was behind the mask. So see, what I've learned in life is I'm not afraid to take my mask off. I don't care what you think about me telling you I battle depression. That I feel worthless most days that I spend more time looking back. I don't want to than looking ahead because I can't see much ahead. And I look back and I see my sons and no grandchildren, no daughters-in-law left, no family. The buck stops with Millie and I. And one day, one of us will be totally alone as far as immediate family. Now, those are the concerns that I have. And they're nothing to laugh about. So the humor just hides the fact it's just the mask. Because I'm not a very joyful person. I'm afraid to let you know just how desperate for God sometimes I am and how far... Well, Scott's probably over cooking. I think that's the fire alarm. I uh, I hope it is. But all the guys who are appointed to do so have took off running. Maybe they're just using it as an excuse to get out of here. There are people here today have a mask on. You do. You don't want. Maybe you're relatively new here and people have accepted you and they speak to you and they're friendly to you. They shake your hand. They tell you, we missed you when you were gone. And you don't want to take a chance of losing that if they really knew who you are. All right, quieting down out there. I'm not finished. <laughs> so I will say this in closing. i will tell a very personal story. It belongs to somebody else. I'm going to give you an example of why Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, and neither should we. Listen, I don't know how you stand with God. I don't know. I mean, if you've had marital failures, if you've had a bankruptcy, if you've had, if you've served time in jail, I don't know what your journey is. It's not up to me to condemn. Very quickly. Jesus said, You're the light of the world. No man lights a light and put it under a a bushel. But he puts it to where everybody can see it. Listen, folks, we're guilty sometimes of making the church a bushel. And we only shine it in here. But the world needs to see your light. You're going to recognize this. Several years ago, it's been several years right now, there was a young lady on drugs, a young lady whose life was literally in the ditch. Literally. She was pulled from the literal ditch. And you knew her as Amy Lambert. When I pastored, she did a couple of revivals for me. I've never seen the impact. One night we had 17 churches represented. And I never will forget, it, during the altar call that night, a man some of you may know, I know Sherry and her family knows, a man named Randall Fletcher stepped out and come down to the front. Shortly after that, he was diagnosed with cancer and he didn't live long after that. But she impacted his life with her testimony and her story. But guess what? She never really conquered her demons. And I've heard people say, well, she couldn't have been a preacher and still been battling drugs like that. Well, how in the world can she be saved? If she's still doing that, and it ended up taking her life, as everybody in here knows. But folks, you'll never convince this man that there wasn't a work done in that young lady that carried into eternity. Just because she didn't conquer, just because her path didn't get as smooth maybe it's yours, maybe you never had that problem, maybe you never had an addiction, maybe you've never struggled with gambling, maybe you've never had internet pornography on your computer, maybe you've never had any of these things, but maybe you have and you just think it's okay if nobody else knows about it. Our job is not to condemn. Our job is to shine the light. And the greatest. The person that found Amy was a homeless man. And he called the police. He didn't know who was in the car. And when the police got there, he stayed there. And he looked and he said, That's the woman that led me to Jesus this morning. So what's my point? Don't carry rocks in your pocket. None of us are perfect. I know you may think that you know somebody that is. But we've all got baggage. There may be people out there in the world, you know people in your family, that don't have an easy path to get to the foot of the cross. They know if they can get there, they'll be accepted, but they're, and it's our job to tell them it's okay. We're not judges. I'm not saying condone every sin and everything. That's not any point. But just remember all of sin. And just remember there's no little sin, no big sin. Is there anybody here today that you are living close enough to the Lord that you could throw a stone? If you are, raise your hand. Seriously, I mean, I want to recognize you and applaud you. Well, if you're not able to throw a stone, why can't you? Are you still struggling? Still lose your temper from time to time? Still let little four-letter words come out of your mouth when they shouldn't? Maybe still talking about the neighbor? Spreading gossip. Oh, what could it be? It's not as bad as murder. There we go. Well, at least I haven't killed anybody. You're measuring the wrong standard. So all of us have something that we know that deep down something somewhere that we hesitate that might still be sin. Is why we won't throw a stone? Or don't feel like we could? So from God's purity and holiness and God's standard, are we any different? Just because you have knowledge of the cross doesn't make you better than those who don't. Amen. Madison, if you want to just pick something, I'm... I just want you to think for a minute. It's hard to come into somebody else's pulpit. You want to try to do things the same way they do things. You don't want to throw anything into the spokes and upset anything. So I want to do what the pastor would do if he's here. I want you to think for just a minute. Just... Are you struggling? Do you have a mask on? Now, the altar's always open. You're always welcome to come. But I know pretty much that if you're struggling with something, it's unlikely that you want anybody else to know. That's unfortunate. We shouldn't be that way. But we are. We've been made that way. Because all of us have Confided in people and then it meet us on the street. Things we told somebody in private wasn't kept private. But I just want you to know you don't have to tell me anything. You don't have to tell me if you got a mask on. You don't have to tell me if you're struggling. I'm nobody. I'm just the guy with the microphone today. Next Sunday I'll be back over there sitting beside Millie. I'm just I'm I'm just you. The pastor's just you, I mean we're just in different positions, but if you got a mask on, I tell you God loves you where you are. He may not want to keep you there, but we'll let him worry about working on you. I went to a church one time as a very young man and they had on their wall about 20 rules you had to follow they believed to be a part of that church. I don't know that any of them was in the Bible. Listen, there, there are no rules. You just get to the cross. And if you're broken, if you got a problem, God already knows what it is. J you bow your heads with me for just a minute and let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just stand here today grateful for this opportunity to speak. Before this congregation, I thank you first, Lord, for the pastor that is here every Sunday and his wife. And God, I see in them such servants. And I hope everybody in this church can see them in that light, that the pastor and his wife love everybody here. And they do go out of their way to be servants And I'm thankful that He gave me this privilege to speak today. And I want to respect His ministry and respect His flock. But Lord, I pray for all those seated here today that I know everything's not right with all of them. They don't have to tell me that they're having a problem But Lord, I just want them to know if they are in a battle, if they are still fighting old demons, if they are still struggling on that path, trying to get to the cross, or thinking they are being withheld from the cross, I just want them to know that any condemnation they feel does not come from You. Because You died to save them. You love them so much You gave Your only begotten Son. And You want them to believe in Him. And have that everlasting life. It could be young, it could be old. It doesn't make any difference. But Lord, I pray right where they're seated right now, that they'll turn to You. That they'll lean to You. They'll trust You. And humble themselves before You. That You can make a difference in their life that they need. I can't make the difference, Lord. I don't want anybody to live like me. There's things I don't done. I don't have any additional holes in my body. I don't have any markings of ink somewhere. And all that does is nothing. Because, Lord, you know me. If I had hair, it would probably be tink. Because I would want to connect with the young people that had the same thing. But God touch every heart here today and minister to each one? If you're here today and you want to come to the altar and pray, you are welcome to come. Or if you have a special need that you want hands laid upon you, then we will take time with other members of your church and we will take time and minister to you in prayer. The choice is yours. It's up to you if you want prayer if you just want to come and pray and talk to Jesus. That's fine. But just know when you leave here, any spirit of condemnation that you battle in the back of your mind, it's not from God. Because the Son of Man came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved.